Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is VEASAN's Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show with Wes Reynolds and sometimes Matt Humans. Here is Brady Cannon. Welcome in, golf fans and golf bettors. It is week three of our Short Shots series, our off-season version of Long Shots. I'm Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds, and we'll be here every week through mid-November, returning in January when they kick off in 2023 in Hawaii. And then we return to the full-blown version of Long Shots when they tee it up at Torrey Pines for the Farmers Insurance Open in late January. Wes, good to be back with you again this week. You and I both had some near misses last week. You had Alex Noren at the Alfred Dunhill Links Championship on the uh, DP World Tour, who finished just one shot off the lead. I had Keegan Bradley here stateside at the Sanderson Farms. He took fifth. And before that, of course, we each had Taylor Montgomery at the Fortinet uh, up in Napa, who took third. So we're getting close, but no cigar just yet. This week, the PGA Tour right here in our hometown of fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the Shriners Children's Open at TPC Summerlin. And, you know, I, I go back. I've been with this tournament a long time. I remember when Tiger Woods won his first professional tournament here. That was 1996, holding off Davis Love the third. Jim Furyk was a machine at this event for many, many years. And now Patrick Cantlay has really taken over as the horse for this course. Uh, Wes, the weather looks to be perfect in the high 80s. No wind to speak of. Are you going to be able to spend any time at the tournament this week? And how did you handicap the event as well? Yeah, I think I'm going to go out there either Thursday or Friday. I haven't decided yet. But, uh, you know, Brady, we're in the crux of the fall schedule. And you were talking briefly about last week. One thing that I'm going to use, I think, going forward and something that really came to fruition last week, 
you know, looking at players that may got, have gotten snubbed from either President's Cup or Ryder Cup teams because you had two of them both win last week. Ryan Fox over there at the DP World Tour, uh, the Opera Dunhill Lakes, of course, did not make the international team, nor did Mackenzie Hughes from Canada. And Mackenzie Hughes beat Sepp Straka in the playoff to win the Sanderson Farm. So that's an angle I think maybe some of our listeners should look at going forward, you know, because those guys are super motivated to prove, hey, I should have been on these teams, whether it's uh, Team USA or the international team or the European team. We saw it last year with Sam Burns did make the Ryder Cup team and then won at the Sanderson Farms. So uh, that's something that I think be looking for in some of these fall series events. But you're right about the Shriners. Patrick Cantlay, always pretty much the man to beat here. Of course, he did win back here in 2017. But if you look at his form line, eighth last year and then runner up each of the previous two years and then of course one back in 2017 that's why you're seeing him at about seven to one basically in the marketplace soon jm right behind him he is the defending champion in this event max homa who's already won on the fall schedule and then of course kind of the man of the hour really on the golf world right now looks to be tom kim who won several weeks ago at the wyndham and, uh, you know, the infectious energy obviously showed at the President's Cup a couple weeks ago. So, uh, you know, a pretty solid field. I mean, basically in the mid-tier, I think a better field than we had last week in Mississippi. We've got 12 of the top 50 here in Vegas this week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it seems like the fields have been getting better and better here at the Shriners. I mean, it used to be really good back in the day. I, you know, I referenced Jim Furyk and and then it kind of seemed to tail off. But now that it's a part of the FedEx Cup series, uh, it's a time of the year here in Las Vegas where the weather is typically excellent. And, you know, we've got a lot of good players here showing up. Um, I looked at a, a lot of the usuals, you know, pretty basic stuff, I think, for this golf course. Strokes gained approach, strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained putting. Uh, birdies are better gained and then proximity anywhere from 100 to 150 yards out. And you may or may not know, Wes, being here in town, of course, I'm in the golf business and I find out about all this stuff. This course, TPC Summerlin, they shut down uh, back in mid-April for renovation to get ready in time just for this week. And it'll reopen to the membership actually next Tuesday after the Shriners. They didn't really change anything on the course. You know, this course has been here a long time. Uh, it's got to be in the neighborhood of 30 years now. Um, they didn't really, again, change much on the course. It was just really a big facelift, uh, new grass, new turf, what have you. Um, I've played here many times and the fairways are very wide. Now there is parts where the rough can be very penal, but I think for the most part, you know, professional tour players ought to have a good time driving the ball this week. And I, I think if you're a long and accurate hitter, that should set yourself up really well uh, for the approach game. And, and I talked about that strokes gained approach and proximity from 100 to 150. You know, I, I think overall strokes gained tee to green. If you can do that well all week long, you're going to be in the mix. And then after that, it's probably going to come down to a hot putter. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. You're going to have to score low to win this thing. And, and at least in the 20 under range, I think to be on the first page of the leaderboard, that's certainly proven to be true the last couple of years. Par 71, 72, 55. Uh, basically what they've added over the years, there are quite a few bunkers on this course. Seventh most on tour. I believe there are 92 in grand total. Not No trees, really. It's an exposed desert track. You have Bermuda fairways that undulate that are very wide, as you mentioned. The rough can be a little bit tricky, you know, 
but basically the tricky part of it, it's not very thick. It just takes your ability away to maybe spin the approach shots a little bit closer to the pin. So I mentioned Bermuda fairways, but also bent grass green. So you usually don't get that combination. I know Colonial down in Fort Worth has that combination. Big greens here, 7,400 feet uh, square feet on average. Fifth largest on tour, pretty modest medium speed, 11.5 on the stem. Does play at elevation about 2,700 feet. So you don't really necessarily have to be a bomber here. We have seen, you know, the plotters, the Kevin Nas and the Martin Lairds and the Jonathan Birds win here. We've also seen the Bryson DeChambeau's win here. So I really think it keeps everybody in play, at least off the tee. Uh, a pretty pr- relatively easy course. I think it was the sixth easiest. If you look at the last five years, two years ago, it actually was the lowest cut line in the history of the PGA tour at seven under par. So you're going to have to be in, in the 20 ish uh, range. Some of the correlated courses, I used a couple TPCs like TPC Scottsdale, TPC San Antonio, PJ West Stadium, of course, another desert course that's played for the American Express. And uh, looking at some of the stats that I used, I use some of the same that you you did. Strokes gain approach, proximity from 100 to 150, about a third of your shots are going to be wedge shots here. You have seven of the par fours that are 400 to 450 in terms of the yardage. So strokes gain par four from that range. I also looked at fairways gain because even though the rough isn't all that penal, it's not like it's, you know, open style rough or anything here. I think it's much easier to obviously hit approaches onto the green, you know, if you're in the fairway. So I thought fairways gain would kind of matter here a little bit. And then uh, I looked at opportunities gain, which of course is birdie opportunities gain, who's setting themselves up for a little bit, a very small usage in my personal model of strokes gained around the green, because this can be a little bit tricky, at least to gain shots. The, the greens are pretty straightforward. These bent grass greens that roll at kind of medium speed. So you can get really hot with the putter. I don't think that's going to affect the players at all. But if you just kind of miss those greens, like if you get in that rough and you can't spin it or it spins just off the green, I think you're going to have to be good around the green here. But I use that as really a small piece of my model this week. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't put uh, scrambling into my breakdown this week, but I, I agree with you. It does matter, and we've seen good scramblers win here in the past, like Webb Simpson, for instance. Um, as far as the correlated courses, I landed on TPC San Antonio and TPC Scottsdale as well. I also looked at TPC uh, Craig Ranch, and mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, these TPC courses in the TPC network are all pretty similar because most of them are resort courses. They're not designed to beat up a membership or a daily fee player. And, you know, so that's why we typically see scores at a lot of these TPC, uh, TPC courses on tour in the 20 under par range. And here at Summerlin, maybe even as low as 25 under par. Uh, Wes, before we get to our plays for this week, uh, I want to go across the pond. Uh, we had a really good tournament last week, the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. Did you do anything this week with the Open de España, the DP World uh, World Tour event taking place in Madrid, Spain? Yeah, I only used a couple uh, this week. I had the runner-up with Alex Noren, but Ryan Fox was the the, uh, deserved winner, I should say, at 70-1. to Uh, If you look at this field, top of the board is John Rahm. I've seen him as low as 2-1 to to go ahead and win this event. He did win on this course, actually, back in 2019. He was, I think, uh, you know, like 
between three to one and between plus 350 to win this thing. Another Spaniard, Rafa Cabrera Bello, who hadn't won in a while, won here last year in a playoff at 55 to one over fellow Spaniard, Adri Arnas. So I didn't really go uh, totally deep with this because look, John Rahm could go ahead and win this thing again, but I did top it off with a Spaniard, and that's the guy who actually lost the playoff last year, Audrey Arnos, 18-1. to He's had two appearances here, and he's finished fourth and second. So, you know, the only way you can improve is obviously to win the darn thing, and he certainly could this week. I hit him earlier this year, actually in uh, Catalonia, so maybe he can go two for two in his home nation of Spain. He was 22nd last week at the Dunhill Links, but was third in strokes gain putting when you account for the two rounds recorded at St. Andrews, so maybe there's something to that, and that can carry over this week. Grant Forrest, 35-1. to 1. He's a Scotsman. He was third here last year and actually was top 10 last week at the Dunhill Links. Tristan Lawrence at 40-1. to 1. He is from South Africa. Actually won a few weeks ago at the Omega European Masters five starts ago in a playoff over Matt Wallace. Consistent form all year, runner-up in Kenya, and then had two straight top 10s in South Africa. Three straight top 25s before he was third at the Irish Open, then was top 25 at the Scottish, then was eighth at the Czech Masters before that victory in the Swiss Alps. So really good form. I think he should be priced a little bit shorter. And then the last one, another Spaniard, Jorge Campillo at 50 to 1. Last three national Spanish Opens have been won by Spaniards. Campillo obviously fits that category. Been a little bit up and down this year, but was T9 in Italy three starts ago. T4 at that aforementioned European Masters in Switzerland five starts ago. Had a T7 at the Irish Open earlier this summer. So I thought 50-1 to was more than fair on Campillo. Kind of a weak field this week, even though you have John Rahm and Tommy Fleetwood as the headliners. Yeah, two really short shots in both tours this year. Rom, of course, uh, in Europe, and then Patrick Cantley here in Las Vegas. Uh, I did not land on Cantley. I'll go over all of my plays uh, that I did land on for the Shriners Children's Open here at TPC Summerlin in Las Vegas. And I'll start with uh, my shortest shot, a local resident here of Las Vegas, Aaron Wise, I was able to find him at 22 to one, which I thought was a really good price. You know, he plays this course on a regular basis. He's been quoted before saying he really loves this course. And, you know, he pops in a lot of the stats that we mentioned as well uh, over the last 36 round, uh, over the last 36 rounds, I should say, uh, sixth in the field for strokes gained approach, 13th in birdies are better and 10th overall in strokes gained tee to green. He finished up last season really well, had three uh, starts, finishing top 15. And then you remember this time of, uh, time of the year last year, Wes, he took eighth here at Summerlin. And then the very next week, they went just down the street to the CJ Cup at uh, the Summit Club, where he took fifth. So uh, Aaron Wise certainly playing good in his own backyard. And I thought 22 to one was worth a shot on him to get to the winner's circle here this year. Uh, I, I went with Alex Noren. You know, I mm -hmm. saw you, of course, go with Noren last uh, last week, and I saw what he did coming that close. And and what really failed him was his putter, and that is so unlike Alex Noren. He's one of the best putters in the world, and in fact ranks 17th for strokes gained putting this week over his last 36 rounds. So maybe that reverses to the positive a little bit for Alex Noren. I got him at 51 to one. 
And I think it's also interesting that he's currently ranked 50th in the world. And we know that's a key spot yes. in the official world golf rankings because it'll get you into the majors. So I'm sure Norin is aware of that and trying to really keep his game sharp. Uh, he also did pretty well at the correlated courses I looked at. He was 12th last year at TPC Craig Ranch and 6th last year at TPC Scottsdale. Uh, Seamus Power at 66 to 1. I was on him last week in Mississippi and he played pretty well, finished 30th. But I'm going to go back to the well with him this week. I know he was actually in Las Vegas uh, last month and playing a few rounds at some different golf courses and probably just trying to acclimate himself to the, the feel of desert golf. And so here he shows up uh, at TPC Summerlin. He should be ready to go. He did finish 21st here last year. And this is going to be his fifth time playing the Shriners. And he's been, for the most part, progressively better in each finish. So I'm hoping he can improve upon that 21st and maybe get it all the way to number one this year. Uh, he also finished 17th at TPC Craig Ranch last year for the Byron Nelson. And uh, then finally, my longest bomb, Mito Pereira at 88 to one. And you remember this guy, of course, uh, infamously made the stage, I guess, at the PGA Championship, allowed you to get Justin Thomas home at the PGA Championship at Southern Hills West. But, you know, not a really a lot of people knew about this guy before that. And it's been a little while since we've seen his price drift as well. But 88 to one is where I found him. And I thought that was pretty high for maybe one of the very best players in this field. And if you look at all the stats, I mean, he was just really across the board in the top 10 in all the categories I looked at this week. Uh, he's also got a couple of top 20 finishes at a couple of the correlated courses I talked about, TPC Craig Ranch and then also TPC San Antonio, where they play the Valero Texas Open. No, all of your plays absolutely make sense, and I am on one of them as well. Alexander Norin, who I had T2 last week at the Dunhill Links. And you're right, the putter really let him down, and that's really the best club in his bag. Fourth in this field for bent grass putting over the last 36 rounds, so I would expect him to putt better, and I like that you brought up that OWGR angle. He is now back at number 50, so he basically needs one more very good finish this fall, and I think that this could be it this week. Uh, I went with Davis Riley last week, who's from Mississippi at the Sanderson Farms. Ended up T19, but he was the first-round leader, so I'm going with the local. I'm going to continue riding our guy, Taylor Montgomery, who ah. has been in really good form third at the Fortnite, ninth at the sanderson farms and his two first two pga starts as an official pga tour member got his card off the corn ferry and i know that there's pressure probably because he's the hometown guy we know his father monty who's appeared on our program is the general manager out of shadow creek based here in las vegas but first overall in this field for strokes gain total over the last 36 rounds, and that's just ahead of tournament short favorite Patrick Cantlay. Top 10 in bogey avoidance, birdies gained or birdie or better gained in the last 36 rounds as well. So Taylor Montgomery, I found the highest I found on him was 37 to 1 at FanDuel. He's basically in the mid-30s in the market. A kind of sneaky under-the-radar horse for course here actually might be Adam Hadwin at 65 mm -hmm. to 1 at Circus Sports. 
10th on debut here in 2014, and then he was 4th on 2019, 6th here last year. Really has an affinity for desert golf. He's got two runners-up at the American Express at PGA West, was also the runner-up at Silverado in 2019. There's a little bit of correlation, even though that's not pure desert golf, but Adam Hadwin, 65-1. to Another guy that uh, I've bet on a lot and haven't been rewarded on the DP World Tour, but now he's on a different tour, and that's Thomas Detry at seventy to one at Circa Sports. Uh, he's got six runner-up finishes on the DP World Tour, I think, in the last four years. Still looking for that first win. He was in the mix in Mississippi last weekend. Was actually the thirty-six hole leader before he finished T nine. And then uh, I guess another local angle, even though he's not really from here, but he spends a lot of time here, and he's spending a lot more time here lately. Lately, Brady, Ricky Fowler, 70 to one. Uh, he used to live here. He used to live here and then he moved to Florida. And his coach is actually former coach. And now his new coach lives here. And that's one Butch Harmon, who you know very well. And, you know, late in the summer, he went back to Butch. He was with John Tillery for about three years. The, the results didn't come. So he's back with Butch, new caddy too, Ricky Romano on the bag. And look, we have small sample size here, but I thought we might have got a buy sign on Ricky a few weeks ago at Silverado. He was sixth out there for the Fortinet. He was 16th in total driving, fifth in accuracy, first in greens and regulation, seventh in ball striking. If you break that down, strokes gained seventh off the tee, 25th on approach, eighth tee to green. So this is a place where Ricky Fowler has had some success and some near misses and obviously a strong record for desert golf. When you look at his history in California and especially in Arizona, of course he's won at TPC Scottsdale and then here at Summerlin has a couple really good finishes and then a couple pairs of 80 to ones, Matthew Neesmith, who actually has a pretty solid form record here. He's had three appearances. He's been 14th, 8th and 18th. He was also 7th, uh, not this past year, but the year before in 2021 at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So good desert pedigree. Was T9 last week in Mississippi. Six in the field for strokes gained approach. So Matthew Neesmith, always a pretty good ball striker. Very good with his irons. I think he could go well here. And then one more local connection to close it out. Even though he is not originally from here, he played his college golf in Las Vegas at UNLV. And that's Kurt Kitayama at 80-1. to Yeah, I thought about him too, man. Yeah. Yeah, most recent start three weeks ago was seventh at the Italian Open, pair of runner-ups this year at the Scottish Open, also at the Mexico Open down at Bedanta, and was third at the Honda Classic. Still looking for that first PGA Tour wins. Got a couple wins on the DP World Tour. Fifth in this field for opportunities gained over the last 36 uh, rounds. And and look, uh, this is a guy that he's kind of more of a bomber, I would say, you know, really long off the tee. So I don't think that you have to be, but it never really hurts necessarily. But I think this guy's going to set himself up for a lot of birdies this week. Yeah, you know, I, I've uh, played this course and we talked about how the rough is not very penal. And, and I do think some of these longer bombers can can take advantage of that. But I've also been far enough off the fairway where I've found some pretty dense rough as well. But uh, right. uh, I, my game is nowhere near these guys. Uh, I think with these wide fairways, they're not going to find themselves in too much trouble too often. So, yeah, I, I believe distance uh, can only help you this week uh, with, you know, the accuracy kind of being minimized with the wide fairways um, that is going to do it for this week this edition of short shots we'll be back next week to go all the way to japan for the zozo championship enjoy the shriners children's open everybody thank you for tuning in to v the sports betting network 
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 